Arizona Sports, sports. the local sports sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset, 4 o'clock reset time here on the Burns and Gambo show, we get you caught up on everything going on in sports, Tim rings in for Gambo today on this Thursday afternoon, and of course, we start with the Suns, who have now won six straight games, they improved to, what, 15 and 6 now on the season. Best record in the NBA's Western Conference. That's all about Devin Booker right now, who scored a mind-blowing 51 points in 31 minutes last night. Without the benefit of even needing the fourth quarter, he shot 80% from the floor, 85% from the three-point line. He could not miss in the third quarter. It was one of those all-time-for-the-ages performances by Book on the heels of the most recent game he played, which was also one of those all-time-for-the-ages performances from Book, in which he scored 44 points and had six steals against the Sacramento Kings. Dude's on a roll right now. He was 20 for 25. I mean, he didn't he didn't even score until there were less than six minutes to go in the first quarter. So all 51 were concentrated to two and a half quarters of time scoring-wise. <laughs> I mean, it was 30, he played 31 minutes. It's insane. It, it's it's kind of like I, I don't I watched most of last night's game. I don't remember a missed shot. Like I can't like the whole third quarter. I know he missed one in the third quarter. In my mind's eye, I was watching that game and everything, everything he threw up fell the bottom of the net. Everything. Honest to God, he looked like he was at Lifetime Fitness playing a pickup game with a bunch of. Accountants and yeah. lawyers on a Wednesday night. Bunch of stay-at-home dads. Like, that's, yeah, like that's how that's how he was scoring in that game. Like I don't know what the Bulls were doing. I don't mean to take away from Devin Booker, but that was ridiculous yeah. last night. Well, he was rewarded for his efforts uh, today. The NBA announced that Devin Booker has been named the Western Conference Player of the Month. For November, Jason Tatum has been named the Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Those two are going to meet up next Wednesday. I believe that game is at Footprint Center between the Suns and the Boston Celtics. So we'll get to see that coming. Of course, the Suns have the Houston Rockets and a couple of other games coming up before they play Boston. And in addition to that, Monty Williams was also today named the NBA's Western Conference Coach of the Month. And uh, the Boston Celtics head coach, Joe Mazzula, was also named. Eastern Conference coach of the so big showdown coming up next week. Well, they got they got Houston on Friday. They're at San Antonio on Sunday. But Bernsey, keep in mind not only uh, Booker versus Tatum on Wednesday, but on Monday Booker versus Luca in Dallas. So Book gets to go up against Luca on Monday, and then Tatum. On Wednesday, Yahoo NBA insider Jake Fisher was a guest this morning on the Bickley and Murata show. And he said, look, I know it's early, but right now you tell me pick an MVP. I'm going to pick Devin Booker. To me right now, he's the MVP of the league doing what he's doing, keeping Phoenix number one in the West without Chris Paul, without Cam Johnson, without Jake Crowder. The guy's just, just 
stone cold scorer and he's a professional and he's getting it done on the defensive side of the ball too so he's really uh, turned a lot of naysayers into supporters Book also heard the chance last night at Footprint Center they did it a couple times in my early years too he's, even when we were last in the West that's what I'm saying man they're going to show up and show out always and it's always been a unconditional love from Phoenix Suns fans every every fan in Arizona and you know to be a part of this organization this team for so long is you know, to honor the Suns finished with the best record in the West after what he did last year and then taking his team to the finals the year before. I think enough groundwork has been laid for Devin Booker to seriously make a run at the MVP. Yeah. I know it takes time. You got to kind of have that run up a little bit. But if but you know if the Mavericks are the Mavericks are the 5th or 6th seed, Mm-hmm. I know Luke is all the rage. He's leading the NBA in scoring right now. But if Booker's in the top five in scoring and the Suns are number one in the West or have the number one overall record in the league, yeah, it's got a shot, man. We'll see. It's still early. Uh, we'll talk more about Devin Booker coming up uh, in the next segment of the show. In the meantime, 4 o'clock reset continues. College football news today, and it was made official, even though it's been talked about for months and months and months. The opposition by the Rose Bowl was kind of the last obstacle. College football's playoffs has now officially expanded to 12 teams. It won't take place until the 2024 season. So we still have this year and next under the current system. But starting in 2024, 12 teams will qualify for college football's postseason, including all five major conference champions, including the group of five champion, including six at-large teams that will all get in. The top four teams will have a bye in the first week. And then the next matchups will be very March Madness-like. Five versus 12, six versus 11. The lower-seeded, the better-seeded team will have home field advantage in that first round. So conceivably, you'll see playoff games in Columbus or at the Big House or Alabama or Clemson. Wherever those home teams are, it's a new era of college football starting in two years, Tim. Football in November and December is going to get a whole lot better. I think it's safe to say football maybe in September and October, meaningful football. I'm not going to say it's going to get worse, but it's not going to be as meaningful. Yeah, potentially. But but postseason football just got a whole lot better. The University of Arizona and head football coach Jed Fish have agreed on a contract extension through the 2027 season pending approval from the Arizona Board of Regents. So you've obviously between the Kenny Dillingham hire over the weekend and now the extension of Jed Fish. He's done a very credible job with U of A football. Clearly things are happening when it comes to the college coaching scene here in Arizona. Everybody's very excited. That's great. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. You, I, I, I am not are you a, not excited? I have not had a chance. I are lo- you not entertained? I am are so you ex- not entertained? I am so excited for Kenny Dillingham. I am so excited for that young man. I really am. Uh, he's got a whale of a hill to climb. Yes, he does. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he does. And I, I hope he's up for the challenge. Indeed. Indeed. Also, um, Deion Sanders, and we mentioned this briefly yesterday, but I'll mention it again. According to reports, Deion Sanders is telling recruits that he will make his intentions known over the weekend. Is it going to be Colorado? Is it going to be Cincinnati? Is it going to be South Florida? I know there was a report on CBS Sports that Colorado 
might be the choice, which is really surprising to me. Yeah, Sua Cravens, who was a former USC star, played for the Redskins for a little bit, uh, now works for CBS, reported today that uh, he's hearing 95% chance Deion Sanders goes to Boulder, the University of Colorado. Man, that's blows I, me away. I, I blows me away. Deion Sanders in Boulder does not seem to be a fit to me for what he's all about. But consider this too. But well, no, I was going to say it. Cincinnati's in the Big Twelve, so never mind. I was about to say it's the only Power Five job among those three. But that Cincinnati's is not the case. Going to Big Twelve, Cincinnati, yeah. So that is not the case. I'm very surprised by that. That seems very. I mean, I know Boulder's close to Denver, and Denver's obviously a huge urban area. I just wouldn't have. And was he figured that for Dion? Was he not offered the Georgia Tech job? I mean, he played in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't know. Two sports. Um, Anyway, two local games on tonight. ASU men's basketball on the road to take on Colorado. That one tips off at 630. Of course, uh, the big story this week with ASU men's basketball, Marcus Bagley. Is he suspended? Is he not? Is he going to be available? Is he going to play again this year for Bobby Hurley after the things that he tweeted? And then the fourth-ranked U of A Wildcats are taking on Utah tonight. Coyotes taking on the Kings in Los Angeles. Puck drop there is at 830. And then in the NFL today and tonight, Today, the news was that Vaughn Miller was placed on the IR with a knee injury for the Buffalo Bills. Tonight, those same Buffalo Bills would take on the New England Patriots. And before you think this is going to be a landslide for Buffalo, it should be pointed out, the Bills so far this year are 0-2 in the AFC East. They have not won a division game yet so far this year. And Buffalo, I know they got the win against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, but it has, it's been a little bit of a grind for them in some ways these last few weeks. Yeah, let's see if they can win a game away from Ford Field. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's your four how about, how about that? It's December. They have not won a division game. One of the best teams in football. I know they've only played two of them, but that's weird. Still, though. Yeah, they're supposed to be one of the best teams in football, and they haven't won a division game. That's odd. I mean, a lot of division games, obviously, this month. Yeah. But still. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now. 620-620. MVP. 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 Is he going to get there? That's coming up next, Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Out on top now is Levine for Chicago. Levine passes picked off by Booker. Here he comes. Whammo! And Booker has scored 50. 51. For being exact, far be it for me to correct the Hall of Famer, but 51... Don't in- you dare color- correct the Hall of well, Famer. No, I, mean, he, I, I knew what he meant, but it was 51. 51 and three quarters for Devin Booker. 51 on 25 shots. 20 of 25 shooting for Devin Booker. And, and obviously, he's. I mean, he was already in the national conversation. It's, it's funny. I, I, got, I got a call. Tim Rain's filling in for Gambo today. For anybody who listened to our show yesterday, um, you'll want an update on this. I got a call from Gambo this morning, okay. who we were making a big deal over the last couple of days about how Devin Booker was plus 5,500 to win the MVP in the NBA. Plus, he was 55 to 1 to win the MVP. And Campbell's like, man, I'll put 100 down on that. 
Uh, I'll put, you know, like last year, he put 100 down on Mikel Bridges. I'm going to do it right now. Where's my phone? Well, here's the thing. After last night. Oh, it went down. Oh, yeah. 30 to 1. In fact, I saw some, it's like 25 to 1. Like he's pleasant, which is still really good odds if you want to bet it. Gambo called me today. You made that bet, right? You made that bet, right? Like, yeah, Gambo, I made the year. You're in it plus 5,500. Don't worry. You're fine. I got you. You're taken care of. He's like, good. Good. Because I want to, you know, I don't, I don't, well, I'm like, what? You, you, you what don't you want to plus 3,000? Are you Gambo's bookie? No, no. He just, he just doesn't know how to work the app, right? So I just, I'm like, all right, fine. I'll do it for you. He doesn't know how to work the app. He doesn't know how to work Venmo. He's, he doesn't, doesn't know. There's there's a lot of things that technologically speaking, Gambo doesn't know how to work. So clearly, now not that he's even in talking about Booker now. Not that he's even in the top five in the odds. He's not. But obviously, you scored ninety five points in your last two games, and your team's won six in a row and has the best record in the West. You better start moving up the charts a little bit on the MVP voting. But I, I, I tell you this, still way too early on the MVP thing. You came in here, and I'm going to let you have the stage here. Oh. You you came in here, and, and you said, okay, if we're going to talk about Booker today, from from the mind of Tim Ring, well, from the desk of Tim Ring, here's your daily memo from Tim Ring about what he saw out of Devin Booker last night and what it's reminding him of. Go ahead, Yeah, friend. well, this this goes beyond the MVP voting, really. This, this goes to the, the style of play and the quality of player that he is and that he's becoming and that I think he will be. And I come from a place having have been born at the right time to have to have seen every game that he played. Uh, obviously, I've seen most of the games that Kobe Bryant played. And I must um, preface this by saying that when you talk about Michael Jordan, you're talking about the greatest of all time. And I know people believe... A lot of people believe that LeBron has passed him. That's not what this is about. We can all agree that Michael Jordan is arguably the greatest player of all time. And Kobe Bryant is, without question, the second greatest two-guard to ever play the game. Uh, I don't think there's any debate about, about that. So you're talking about two guys the best to ever do it at that position. I am seeing something in Devin Booker right now, the evolution of his game, that is reminding me a lot of those two players. Now, let me preface that and be very, very clear. I am not comparing Devin Booker to Bryant and Jordan in terms of saying that Devin Booker is going to be as good as them someday. Mm -hmm. You're talking about six rings for Jordan, five rings for Bryant. We don't know how many rings Devin Booker is going to end up with, if he's going to end up with any rings at all. We'll have that conversation when he retires. But I see an evolution in his game Offensively and defensively, and more so the instinct, the killer instinct, the cold-blooded assassin in Booker that I saw in Jordan and Bryant. I'm seeing similarities in his game as it involves as a not only a shooter but a scorer. The ability to put the ball on the deck, the able, the ability to score in traffic, the ability ability to draw. Contract contact to get to the free throw line, the ability to rise up, face a defender, alter his shot, still get a shot off, and knock down a jumper. The ability now to score in the post with the footwork to make post moves. He doesn't quite have the fadeaway that Jordan and Kobe had. I think he eventually will get that. Mm-hmm. But everything Devin Booker's doing right now at the age of twenty six, Bernsey, 
is trending towards the ecosystem, the rarefied air of Jordan and Bryant. I see those similarities in his game at the age of 26. And remember, we see Bryant and Jordan from a perspective of their completed work. Right, right, right. Of their entire career as they grew and evolved throughout their prime, winning championships in their late 20s and early 30s. We're only seeing Devin Booker now at the age of 26. So what I'm seeing from Booker now at this age, at a very early stage, is somebody who someday could be in that rarefied air as a score, as a lethal score at that position yeah. that will be in the conversation with those two guys from a skill standpoint, but maybe more importantly, a mentality standpoint. I don't know if he's going to have the rings. Chances are he probably won't. Probably, we're, yeah. talk, we're talking about six and we're talking about, about five. five. Yeah, So that's not fair to put on him. But from an individual scoring standpoint, a player standpoint, I think he's trending to be in the company of greatness like that at that position. Certainly among, if we're going to have, he's trending to be among one of the greatest scorers in the history of the NBA. I, I mean, I, I think I think of that, I can feel really comfortable in going, he's he's well on his way to 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 finishing his career is truly one of the great scores in the history of this league. I mean, he can do it at all levels. You you pointed out why. I, I think anytime you bring up names like that, people are just going to immediately focus on the rings, right? And it's it's funny. I, I know you're being a Chicago guy. You're going to be a little bit more of a Michael Jordan historian than I am, though I was fortunate enough to grow up in the Michael Jordan era and then the Kobe Bryant yeah. era, right? So, But I had to look it up just to be sure. Um Okay, Kobe's a little different because Kobe started winning those rings young, right? He got his when he was a kid, 21, 22, 23, was when the first batch kind of came during the Shaq era. Jordan didn't win his first one until he was 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, he had already established himself as premier player in the league, premier scorer in the league, premier talent in the league. When's he going to win? When's he going to win? When's he going to win? Now, I'm not going to suggest that when Devin Booker wins one, he's going to go on a Michael Jordan-like tear where he wins six and eight years. Right. But I, I, I think for anybody, even the biggest Devin Booker fan, it's just so hard to compare him to those two. Because when you think about those two, you think about the rings, right? You, 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 you think about the basketball skill that they were able to play with, but you just automatically go towards six-time right. champion, five-time champion. Booker's been to one finals, and right. and, and that's why and I, that's I want, more the comparison. Right. I, I understand. And I wanted to put that disclaimer out there. I understand I know, the nuance I know that, that you're trying to say it with. I understand that. I, I it's just it's a hard comp to make because you're talking about right. guys just with too many rings for their fingers. I'm talking about at that position. As a pure scorer and the way he can score and the mentality in which he plays the game, I'm seeing a lot of similarities in Devin Booker to the way those two guys played the game and the way they scored and the variety of ways in which they scored. That's all I'm saying, and that's, that's where I'm going with that. Now, listen, to be fair, in 10 years... If Devin Booker has himself three or four rings, then maybe that other conversation can take place and other comparisons can be made. 
But that and, and 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 that would be great to have those conversations. Right. I'm just saying, at the age of 26, as he just scratches the surface of his prime, I'm seeing a lot of similarities in the way he plays the game on both ends of the floor to with the way those guys played the game. And that is one hell of a compliment. Texts us your thoughts. The fan duel text line is open for you right now. 620-620 here on the Burns and Gambo Show with Tim Ring filling in. When we come back, Kyler Murray responded strongly to Patrick Peterson. And, of course, we heard from Patrick Peterson today. But given that Kyler Murray got poked when it was all said and done, could it be one of the best things that happened to him? We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo, Tim Ring filling in. on this Thursday afternoon. Tim Ring filling in for Gambo, uh, who is off again tomorrow. He's on his way to Vegas for his kids' baseball tournament, Um, which we were just talking about the World Cup a second ago. So um, I I was thinking, is it soccer? No, it's baseball. It's the baseball tournament he's going to. So Tim Ring's filling in today. It's always a pleasure to have Ringer in here. It's 4.30, so let's get an update on our two Twitter poll questions of the day, which admittedly are blowouts on this edition of Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. So whooping, what you got? I hope to see the day where we judge a poll question by the conversation it sparks and not the results that it brings. Fair enough. (laughs) Anyway, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. What a great game they both had last night. Book with the 50, DA with the 30-point double-double. But what's more important? Is it DeAndre Ayton's ascension to that solid number two? Or D-Book just being like, hey, I'm that dude. If it's winning a championship is ultimately the goal, DeAndre Ayton's ascension to number two was more important in the context of last night than what Devin Booker did. Cosign. Okay. Cosign. 80-20 cosign from the people as well. And the people also spoke on this one. When it's all said and done, will Patrick Peterson be a member of the Arizona Cardinals Ring of Honor? Yes or no? (laughs) I'm a big believer in forgiveness, Tim. I really am. I'm a big believer that time heals wounds, that eventually there's almost anything people can get over. I don't know if they're going to get over this one. No, either I, side. I, I just don't see it happening. Mike Bidwell strikes me as a vindictive son of a gun. He's not going <laughs> to not going to let that happen. And if Mike's listening right now, he's probably chuckling. Saying, you're, you're darn right, Tim. I just like we've seen we've seen we've seen spats in the past, right? Luis Gonzalez didn't have a great break. We've seen bad breakups before. Randy Johnson had a bad breakup. Luis Gonzalez had a bad breakup. Um, guys have had bad breakups with teams. Usually they find a way to get over it. I don't think they're getting over this one. No, because you know what? I would would like to think that a ring of honor goes beyond what you do on the field, which is probably why Carson Palmer is is up there. I mean, because really when you think about it, I mean, did Carson Palmer, from a football standpoint alone, really deserve to be in the ring of honor? It was debatable. I mean, one, I, I remember debating it at the top. Couple it was years, debatable. Yeah. one playoff win. I mean, but 
I think the character and the leadership and what he did off the field, yeah, put him in the Ring of Honor. This All one, good. This one's a blowout, too? Yeah, another 80-20 split. It's yeah. uh, too far gone. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that one was going to be a blowout, too. So those are the two poll questions. If you want to sway the numbers, you can on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Kyler Murray from his Twitter account last night, quote, This isn't true. You on some weird stuff at P2. You got my number if you really felt like this as a big bro or a mentor. You're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. It was Kyler Murray's response to what Patrick Peterson now infamously has said on his podcast yesterday, All Things Covered podcast. Kyler don't care about nothing but Kyler Murray. Got a lot of national attention. I saw a lot of national NFL writers tweet out like, whoa, this is strong. And we debated, Gambo and I yesterday, this happened during our show. We debated yesterday, will Kyler respond? It's their bye week. He doesn't meet with the media. Will this still be a story a week from now? Will somebody ask him about it? And as we were having this conversation, literally, Tim, like the cartoon bubbles were hanging over our heads as we were having this conversation. Kyler tweets out what I thought was a very well thought out, strongly worded response. Mm-hmm. I, I really did. I was actually very impressed with how Kyler quickly, definitively stood up for himself, kind of called out, didn't kind of call out Patrick Peterson. He did. Hey, you say you're a mentor. Quote. You say you're a big brother. You know, you, 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 you got an issue with me? Call me. Pick up the phone. As if to say, you know as well as I do, dude, the code in the NFL dictates you don't do it this way. This is not how you're supposed to deal with me if you've got an issue with me. Call me out on your... I liked it. And, and it's got... We talked about this during the commercial break about a half hour ago. Does it... The way he stood up for himself and the fact that he got poked like this, is it going to elicit some sort of a football response from Kyler Murray on the field? Well, bigger picture, you know, the first part of that tweet by Kyler, his response to Patrick Peterson was, this isn't true. Is it? Is it not true? Kyler Murray... Are there not problems in that locker room with Kyler Murray? Let, let, let's let's delve into that a little bit because even though Patrick Peterson maybe should have kept it in house or not in house because he's not in that house, but in the brotherhood of the NFL, you don't you don't call another guy out like that. You got a problem with Kyler Murray? Pick up the phone and call him. But knowing what we all know and reading the tea leaves and things we've heard and the contract clause and different potential issues with Kyler Murray as a as a leader and a teammate, this goes back to the draft. Remember the Charlie Castle report about sure. Kyler Murray? Oh, and of course. It was the worst interview the, the teams have ever had and study habits, worst ever, and, and all this kind of stuff that's percolated up about Kyler Murray, the teammate and the leader during his uh, NFL career and heading into the draft. I'm not. I I, I don't know what kind of teammate and leader Kyler Murray is. What kind of study habits he has. I do know this: the team felt the need to put that study clause in the contract, so they clearly felt there was an issue there. So, having said all that, here's what I wonder, Burns. You know, to kind of like advance this whole story and a little bit here on day two. You know, I wonder, even though Kyler kind of clapped back and said this isn't true, I, I wonder if the more these criticisms come out. Might it have a positive effect on Kyler Murray? I was thinking about the same thing this morning. Hear hear me out. 
Of course, Kyler's going to defend himself, and DeAndre Hopkins defended Kyler a little bit. But I wonder when Kyler Murray has a private moment with himself, and he he lays in bed, he looks at the ceiling, and he kind of says, man, am am I doing everything right? Is this what guys really think of me? Is this what my teammates think of me? Is this what my coaches think of me? Is this my my front office thinks of me? These, this is what my the talking heads on TV are all saying about me. You know, this this kid has been coddled since he's been in high school. Everybody's always told him he's the best, he's the greatest. His father's heavenly involved in his career. You know, mm-hmm. his father tells him he's the greatest. You know, maybe maybe a little humble pie and a little humility might might do Kyler Murray some good at a very young age, and maybe maybe he needs to have some tough love, and maybe he needs to 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 hear the cold hard truth that he can be better in a lot of areas, and maybe in the long run it might do him some good as a football player and as a person. Maybe, uh, and I I will cop to having the same thought this morning, and I'll also, you know, this harkens back, I think, in some ways to a conversation you had the last time you were filling in for Gambo a week ago when we were kind of fresh off of the Steve Young comments on Monday Night Football and the RG3 comments, and and what sort of effect are those going to have on Kyler? Is that going to be kind of his look-in-the-mirror moment when it comes to, to, to how he he plays, how he prepares, what he does, and maybe it's not good enough. I, I, I don't know that that will be remain to be seen. Like, like, will that that will be a work in progress, and we'll see. I, I thought about it almost in the context of always looking like equated to the Suns, like that Pat Bev shove of DeAndre Ayton seems to have awoken something in him. Now, is it going to last? Is it going to stick? Is that the reason why DeAndre Eaton is playing like this? I don't know, but it does seem like that has become sort of a a crossroads kind of moment for him that in which it appears to have had some sort of effect on him. Is it long-term? I don't know. I think we can look at Kyler the same way now and go, okay, he got called out in an epic kind of way before the Monday night football game that he didn't even play in. Now he's got Patrick Peterson saying this stuff about him. This becomes kind of a crossroads moment for him in the sense of let's see how this impacts him short term. Let's see a year from now how this impacts him long term. Let's see if this makes any different. But to going back to your point about is it true what Patrick Peterson said or not? I think for anybody to sit here and say Kyler Murray don't care nothing about but Kyler Murray, I have a hard time believing that that is true. Like that Kyler Murray doesn't care about anything else other than Kyler Murray. All the other stuff, the study habits, the homework clause, the full commitment to the work. Okay, but to say, to, to for me to say to you, man, Tim Ring doesn't care about nothing but Tim Ring. Well, that's what that, I was just saying earlier. That, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a hell of a grenade to lob at somebody, you know? But the follow-up comments from Peterson today are more concerning to me about Kyler Murray than the flippant comment yesterday. But I know, but, but the comments he made today about Kyler Murray are more nuanced and I think a little more, okay, let, let's, let's have a conversation about this. To just, blo- like if... If Steve Young had said on Monday Night Football, man, Kyler Murray don't care about nothing but Kyler Murray. Can you imagine, right? Can you imagine what sort of, what's, what sort of alarms would have gone off around the NFL that, that on a, uh, you, you, so you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, 
it can be true, but the way you say it like that doesn't give it any inter- doesn't give it any room not to be true, right? Like, I mean, you're going to tell me Kyler Murray doesn't care about anything else other than Kyler Murray? I know, but now that he's explained it, I don't know if it makes it any better. I guess that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, fair. No, fair. I, I, it's it's just a, it's man, another day, another conversation. When we come back, there was another episode last night. We haven't mentioned it one time. Have we lost all interest in hard knocks? And if so, why? It's coming up. Burns and Gambo. Tim Ring filling in. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. I'm not going to lie to you, Tim Ring. For a second there, I forgot it was on. I was watching the Suns game. Suns game's done. I'm not ready to go to bed yet. Well, let's start flipping things around a little bit. Oh, yeah. Wednesday. Hard knocks. When looking for it. I know it's on the it's on the app and I could have just I could have just watched the most recent episode. But but the HBO channel I settled on was showing last week. So I watched last week's and then I didn't feel like staying up for this week. So I hit record and I'll watch it sometime in the next couple of days. And and I I I thought to myself and I'm I, we, you and I've had so many conversations about hard yeah. knocks. I thought to myself, you know, like, like, like I almost framed it in my mind like this. Okay, rhetorical question. Does anybody care about hard knocks anymore? Okay, actual question. Why doesn't anybody care about hard knocks anymore? And then maybe the more fair question is kind of going back. Have we lost interest in hard knocks? Have we? Yeah, it stinks. I mean, let's let's call it, let's call it what it is. They're they're giving us nothing. They're giving us nothing. We know there is blank going on behind the scenes, and we're getting none of it. It is completely whitewashed. And is that the reason why, though? Is that the reason why, or is it because for us the, in Arizona, or, or yes, or is it because the football team's bad? Yeah, probably now a little bit of that, interest. but, but no. Okay, for us now nationally, I don't know how the show is being perceived, but there there is not a lot of drama. There's not a lot of. Uh, conflict there is not a lot of interesting content and the team loses now i don't know if the team loses at the end of the week or wins really matters to the national audience you're looking for storylines right interesting characters i don't know if this season is giving the national audience that let me tell you something if they had the coogler and the eno and more of the hopkins murray and all this kind of stuff going on believe me the national audience would be would be getting their share of conflict and interesting storylines yeah but the fact that this thing is being scrubbed is difficult for the local audience because we know it's there and we know we're not getting an authentic behind-the-scenes look that, at the Arizona Cardinals. That's the distinction. man. We, we looked at this show as such a rare opportunity to really see what's going on behind the scenes with our football team, the football team that we claim as ours. And, and, is, and, and I'll, I'll say this, and... and this is God's honest truth. As I was watching last night's episode, and it wasn't last night's episode, it was last week's episode, but I was watching last week's episode last night. I was struck, and I continue to be struck, and you're a TV guy, so I, I think you'll agree with this or at the very least appreciate it. The level of technical skill behind what they're presenting is unbelievable. Oh, it's, 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 they do a it's phenomenal job. Phenomenal. The way they 
tell the stories, the way they present the footage, the slow motion football in the rain with you can literally see like the breath coming out of J.J. Watt's mouth, it seems like, right? Because it's all shot so well. I'm still struck by how technically brilliant the show is and how good the storytelling is. I just think... We went into it, local fans, with two expectations. Number one, we expected our football team to be decent, and we thought this would be a good way to relive those moments on a weekly basis and to tell some of the stories behind it. They're not, so that gets lost. And then when all the stuff started hitting the fans, we thought, okay, at the minimum, at the very least – We'll get some inside information on what happened with Eno. We'll get something beyond a newscaster talking about Sean Coogler. And when we don't get any of that, then as a again, I can only speak as a local fan. I have no idea what the reaction is in Dubuque, Iowa. I have no idea what they're talking about in Charlotte, North Carolina when it comes to hard eyes. I only know what's going on here. As I watch it as a Cardinal fan, it just leaves me wanting so much more and just knowing I'm not going to get it. I've just kind of resigned myself to the fact I'm not going to get what I want out of this and that makes it really tough. No, and it's I, really tough. I want to what I want out of it I want to hear how the front office is handling adversity. What they're doing about it. What those conversations are like. And Bernsey, they existed in the All or Nothing documentary back in 2015. So the Cardinals, now maybe they were a winning franchise that season. So maybe they were happy to take you into post-mortem meetings. They were happy to take you into the midweek meeting with B.A. and Steve and Mike Bidwell where they talked about what happened in the previous week's game. I wanted more of that. Yeah, I wanted those guys talking about what happened. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to fix this, Cliff? What were you thinking there? Cliff, what the hell are we doing throwing it on fourth and inches? What was Kyler talking about? We were schematically blanked. Like, I, I, want, it, I want stuff like that coming yeah. out of the show. You notice they didn't touch that soundbite last night. Now, no, so but then again, so, I, I didn't. Oh, so okay. So, so, so they I did. They, did, they didn't. I knew they didn't. I, I, I read. A, I knew. I read a couple of recaps today, and I and I knew that they didn't so, touch that. Any, no. Anything you really have wanted out of the show this year, you have not gotten. So the thrill is gone. I'm watching it because I need to watch it because we're doing radio and podcast and all that good stuff. And is there value in seeing Will Hernandez eat with his family in Mexico? Sure. Is there value in DeAndre Hopkins talking about his mother and what she went through oh, with domestic violence? Absolutely. Again, the storytelling That's is great. It's it, fine. It, it really is. It, it, in a, and I, I really, honestly, I don't want to be dismissive of that. I mean, it really is well done TV in that regard, but there's just been too much other stuff that we really want to know what's going on with and it's just underserved us in that regard and so it and that's it's too bad because it does overshadow the interesting storytelling it does overshadow the the good that it is doing in terms of the storytelling and the other things that it's presenting because we all know what we're coming for and we've just kind of gotten to the point where we know we're not going to get it here's here's the question i i have and i will we'll never get an answer i i, I wonder if the league that co-produces the show, I, I would imagine, with HBO. I'm not sure the dynamic. I don't know if HBO is just the carrier and NFL films and the league really produces the show. 
But I, I wonder if they're none too pleased with the Cardinals uh, because the Cardinals obviously have what you call final edit, final cut. The Cardinals can can scrub what they don't want on the show. But the show's credibility is taking a hit because it's not a behind-the-scenes look. It's becoming essentially propaganda. It's what we want to show you that's going on behind the scenes. And the show, which prided itself on an all-access look at behind-the-scenes uh, in the week of a National Football League team, now viewers know that it's not really that. Yeah. And the show's credibility is taking a hit, and I wonder if the league is none too pleased with the Cardinals for that. Don't know. We'll see. Do you know a high school student with great character deserving of a $10,000 scholarship? We want to hear about them and how they make an impact on our community. Just text the word character to 620-620 and share their story. Again, text the word character to 620-620. DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker have established themselves as a solid one-two punch the season, which is great. They've been doing it out, doing it without CP3, which means what exactly? Talk about it next.